In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Hello, everybody. It's the day, the first day of the NFL draft. Jack, we've waited long, long days. It's here. We're going to see the Browns pick tomorrow. Oh, it's okay. No big deal. We have Deshaun Watson instead of the number 12 overall pick. But Jack, just for sake of argument, how are you doing? And then who would you take if you had the 12 pick? I'm good. Um, this is one where I can just relax. Um, basically, I get distracted on the first day of the draft anyway, because there is only one thing I care about. All of my all your bets. bets. <laughs> so it's one I've got spreadsheets and I just go through color code and just start deleting off when stuff misses. Um, but no, it's uh, it's a fun time. Um, by far the most profitable betting time of the year. Usually I make the, a healthy profit on the draft and then piss it away through the season by uh, backing uh, games and stuff. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. I think I think everybody dabbles a little bit. You know, we go swimming in the paddling pool. All right, Jack. The Cleveland Browns are on the pick with the fake 12th pick in the draft, who are a couple of guys that you would have loved to see don that orange and brown. But instead, we have number four, Deshaun Watson. I think uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba um, would have been fun to grab a wide receiver there. Um, I think if either of the tackles were there, um, I think I'd definitely something I would consider. Um, now are you talking, then, are you talking Paris Johnson, Broderick Jones? Or are you talking Skaronsky? I would like Paris Johnson, but it probably looks like he might be going number three in the draft. So uh, no fun to be had there. Um, then I look at some of the rest. I'm never a fan of taking defensive tackles, but something about Kalijah can see is just intriguing. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think that's probably where I'm sort of stacking up. First of all, Jack, the only answer to this question, it should have been very easy for you, is Le- Lukey Von Beast. Okay. Lukey Von Beast is by far the number one should have gone at 12 to the Browns. Now, I will say I would have made a small deviation from that to go with Jackson Smith and Jigba. Not I, I'm not really as high on some of these other receivers as some people are, but yeah, I think Lukey Van Beast would have been a, a very nice. I just <laughs> can't take a guy that wasn't even a full-time starter in college and go, I'm taking him at pick 12. Just for the record, Michael Jordan got cut from his high school basketball team. Okay. Just, just saying. So when hey. Lukey Von Beast and Miles Garrett would have formed the most formidable pass rush duo in NFL history, but these are all pipe dreams because Jack, I don't know if you've heard or not. I, I I know sometimes you fall off the grid and it takes like a year for news to get across the pond, but the Cleveland Browns traded their number 12 pick in the draft for Deshaun Watson. And then come in full circle. In essence, they traded it for uh, Aaron Rodgers too, just for the record. So I know, the, I know third pick went. Yeah. So the third round of this year is gone yeah, in that trade. Exactly. So the Browns basically are facilitating quarterbacks for everybody. If you don't understand what that means, The Browns traded their number 42 pick to the Jets. The Jets just traded that pick to the Packers for Aaron Rodgers. So six of one, half a dozen of the other, everybody's happy. But does that, we already kind of ruled out yesterday. The Browns aren't getting into the first round. I'm fine with that. Do we think that the Browns are picking at 74 or because remember brilliant trade, Andrew Barry, 42 to 74 and they got Elijah Moore for all of those out there that living in a cave. The Browns did facilitate, in my opinion, a very good trade. Jack, you can disagree if you'd like, but dropping back 32 spots, picking up a former second-round uh, receiver in Elijah Moore. Do we think the Browns stay at 74, or could they move up? And if so, how far can they move up? Jack, what do you say to you? So I expect them to stay put, but... If they do move up, the style it's going to be, looking at how Andrew Berry has done this before, it's he'll give away two picks and he'll get two picks back because you never want to lose the amount of picks as an analytical team. So how high could they go? 
I'd sort of put a range on it of 56 is probably the highest that goes in the trade. Um, somewhere in that 56 to 63 range, they would give up pick 74 and pick 98, and then they get back 56, 63, one of those two, somewhere around there, um, and then sort of pick in the 120s, um, early 120s, but somewhere in that range. And so the reason why you give up two is because you don't want to be losing assets. This is throws at the dartboard. And for anyone that thinks we can't fit eight players on the roster, quite frankly, I quite like nine picks, even, it's not even 10, um, if I wanted to be greedy, because there is loads of spots. They could take a player at every single position outside a quarterback, and they'll make the roster. They could even take two safeties or two running backs. So loads of spots. Let's add some more players. Jack, I will just tell you, a lot of chatter out here in the Windy City. So the Bears, I, I touched on yesterday, have three picks. They have 53, 61, and 64, right? All in the second round. They then drop from 64 to like 103. So, right, so they they kind of fall off a cliff there. So I do know the, the Bears have been calling around, seeing if they can maybe use one of their second round picks to kind of accumulate more picks because obviously they spent a boatload in free agency this year, but their roster is going to be a little unbalanced. So they're trying to cash in some of these picks for future picks. Would the Browns call Ryan Poles? I don't know. You don't know. Andrew Barry and Ryan are the only two people that know. But Jack, you mentioned that 60 range. What? Let's just realistically say the Browns want the last pick in the second round, which is pick number 64. Right? Actually, it's like 63 because of the forfeited pick. But sorry, it's the 63rd player at the 64th pick. What is the what is the potential th- uh, pick swap you would see? 74 and what for 64 and what? And I'm sure Andrew Barry has probably called every single team outside of the division and just have that conversation but hey do you want to move up do you want to move down just get a sense for it before the draft because then if the team's on the clock and wanting to trade back and gets a little bit desperate they ring Andrew Berry and Andrew Berry can pull their pants down um so who would they do it for um and I think this is something similar even going back to like the Joe K trade there's not a player people look at guys that go hey if we're going to trade up to the 60s who's on the big board at 60 I don't think that's the way to operate. You almost want to look at who's in that sort of 30 to 40 range and go in, are they there at sort of 55, 60? Because that's what you're going to do. You're not going to reach for a guy that's expected to be there. You're going to reach for a guy that's fallen. Um, so if I'm looking along at some names, um, just we, we start here for our boy Owen Jones with Josh Downs, the wide receiver. I think that's certainly somebody they would probably look at. Um, any of these sort of, Edges in here, Felix, Aduke, Azoma. Indike um, Azoma. Uh, BJ Ojolari. Um, I would say they're probably the most likely three um, that I would consider at that sort of... If they're there, I could see them trading up. What about offensive tackle? I know we talk about it a little bit, but you have a guy like Anton Harrison, the kid from Oklahoma. I highly doubt a guy like... Um, Darnell uh, Wright, the tackle from Tennessee, if he were to fall, you know, he's right now projected late first, but you never know it's draft day, but you kind of have that Darnell Wright, Anton Harrison, and then you start getting into the next group, which is Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse. And then Dewan Jones, the big man from Ohio state's projected in that mid sixties range. Like you said, you're probably not coming up. However, if one of these big offensive tackles drops a little bit, you think that's maybe a position because, Jack, just side note, I shouldn't say side note because it's going to literally directly pertain to this. If they move up for any other position other than wide out, offensive tackle, cornerback, or edge, I think it's a wasted pick. I don't care who they get. Do you trade up against Jack Campbell? I don't want, I don't care. Tackle, edge, corner, wide receiver. Only four positions I give a shit about. Yeah, I, I, I do agree with that. I'd take corner off. I'm not interested in it this year. We've got enough. Um, my theory would be, say, for example, like an Emmanuel Forbes, right? Who this is a guy that's projected top 40 pick and he just falls. And you're like, you know what? Maybe it comes out that he has an injury. There's a medical thing. You're like, you know what? I can draft him and stick him on my thing for a year that I could see something along those lines. Not saying it's going to happen. Right. But all of a sudden, maybe Quentin Johnson is falling. Right. And everybody's like, oh, what the hell's going on? Come up, get him. I get it. No, I think it's certainly tackle is a really, really good shout for um a position they could go for. 
Yeah. And and you know how I am about edges. And like, listen, I like Javon Dexter. I like Keanu Benton, but these are D tackles. Like they're fat guys. Sorry. It just, it doesn't do it for me. Okay. Maybe you're right. If say like a guy like Kalijah can but these are guys that are projected to go first round. So I just don't see him falling all the way to the end of the second round. Stranger shit's happened. I get it. But Jack, what would you put our percentage chances at, at getting a pick in the top 64 second round pick percentage chances? Uh, 10 to 15% somewhere in there. There you go. Very low. What are the chances you think they trade up in the third round? Because remember, there's no break first and second day. There's a break. You're rolling right from 64 to 65. There's no break, right? So the, the wheels are in motion. Boom, we hit 65, we hit 66, we hit 67. All right, Jack, we're moving along here. Here we go. We're getting close to 70. Is there any guys now? Four or five picks? 15% you said to get into the second round. What are the chances we move up? I'll give you anywhere from 65 to 73. I, I can't see them really moving up a little bit. I think once we get to that stage, they're probably happy with what's on the board and they'll just let it come to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's more a big move or, or nothing at all. Um, but you never know if they could move up a few spots if there's like two guys left they really like get one of them rather this, than risk this is what happens on draft day everybody just so you know jack does not sleep because he's putting out such brilliant content the man doesn't sleep but there's you lots know, of yawning to come yeah absolutely I, I feel you brother the week's almost over and we get a little draft weekend but all right jack the most likely scenario it's pick 74 or beyond pick 74 it's it's been so widely discussed right because personally i think we fleeced the jets in terms of getting this pick that's fine so before we talk about who we would take do you see any of these guys that you're talking about maybe in from 40 to 60 sliding down to 74 like is there any players that you would love if they hit that sliding hit that sliding scale so in terms of potential slides i've kind of got two players I could really see sliding out of that. Um, so, well, actually three. I've got three players that are expected to go, according to the mock draft database, in the third, a second round that I could see being there. Um, we'll start with the one. Oh, there's two edges, but I'll start with a, uh, a safety first. Antonio Johnson, second safety on the board behind Brian Branch. I could see sliding all the way there to 74. Um, and then after that is two edges. Um, We've got Puli Tupelotu. Um, it's not perfect in pronunciation, but it's better than how I've generally butchered it. And Derek Hall. For me, they're the three players that are projected currently to go into the second round that I could see being on the board at 74. Just one or maybe two of them. Not all of them. Um, that That's my sort of a look at names there. Just because there's so many edges, the team could go, ah, we'll, we'll wait a little bit longer. Yeah, a couple guys just I see is I'm curious, what's your take? You think Tyler Scott, this is a guy that got a lot of hype, a lot of speed, right? He's kind of that shifty guy. He's an O-I-O-E-N, as I say, O-I-N Jones special. Josh Downs, Tyler Scott, if either of them are on the board at 74, would you be? I'd rather have me. I'd take Downs over um, Tyler Scott, but um, I, I would. I, I would have Mims there is the guy that I would absolutely love, but I don't think that's a massive slide for him to get there. Yeah. These are guys that are expected in the third round. Mm-hmm. Obviously we need them to drop a little bit, a few picks um, in there, but um, how do we kind of want to do it? Do we want to slide through Look, positions? I'm just like- going to go through the players and then we're going to hit that. So, cause I'm thinking for me, downs is a guy I'd be in. I, I would like to slide Dewan Jones. I, I, I think I could get on board if he slid down and that's not just outside of my Ohio state bias, but the other guy, like he's on the edge, it's Isaiah Foskey, the kid from Notre Dame. He's athletic. He's not everyone's cup of tea, right? He is a Brown's edge though. We're talking big guy on the edge. I think he would probably be the guy that I would most like to fall. Some people have him higher than others. I personally like him. We're talking about a guy that's six, five, two sixty four. He's athletic. He's only 22 points, you know, 22 and a half. I think by years, I think he's 23 come draft day. But I think if I'm looking at guys, Dewan Jones, Isaiah Foskey, these are guys I'm interested in. I'm sorry. I'm not in the Jack Campbell camp that everyone is not a guy for me. The other one that I'd be interested is you're right. You mentioned Antonio Johnson. I like what he brings. I think he's a safety that the Browns could use. 
these, I would say those are the three guys that I'd be favoriting to slide. Like if I wanted a favorite player that I hope slides, those would be my top three. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's a, a really, really solid group. And if, if I'm sort of in a position now, um, I, I think your most likely stuff is a wide receiver and edge as your sort of, they're the two most likely positions with a sort of tackle and safety as the, the third and fourth. But I think if you, if I was having to sort of predict what that pick 74 is going to be spent on, I'm thinking wide receiver or edge with a backup of tackle or safety. Um, obviously, it depends who's there, but those are sort of whittling down the list for the positions I can realistically see. Mm-hmm. Now, see, now we're getting into, we'll, we'll shift from our favorites to who's the most likely, right? And you, you kind of mentioned some of the positions there. So what are some of the names? Let's shrink down that consensus big board of the old Duffin that I have up in front of me as well, just so I can be prepared to meet your fire with fire, because if you're coming at Jack, you better have some facts. So who is it at in that real tier three, as we'll call it, because you have it as a round three. So I'm going to call it a tier three. Who are your favorites within that group? Most likely at 74. Right. I think we bounce through positions here. I'm going to say they yeah, just scan through them and tell me who it is. Let, yeah, let's they're not just go running back. back. I'm not taking a running back. They're not so taking a running back until at least pick what 140 ish. They're, they're not taking a running back. There's I, too I much. I could talent. see running backs in rounds four. Um, I think the real sweet spot for running back is um, round five. Um, I think is a really beautiful round. Get my boy Deuce. Deuce is on the loose. Dwayne McBride. Um, but so. Wide receivers, I'm gonna the two names that stand out for me, and Marvin Mims is my guy. Marvin Mims is there, I'm running that card in. The second is Mingo, who has been a real riser. And there's yeah, he has. there's people saying don't rule out a late first round pick, which would just be nuts. I don't think it goes that high, but wouldn't be surprised to see him jump into the second. But for me, Mims is my guy and Mingo's the backup of mm-hmm. I, I I love wide receivers. Um, DPJ's only got one year left and they could decide actually we don't want to pay him the 10 to 12 million this could have cost Murray Cooper's got one or two years left they need to get ready for the next generation and the time to do that is now not in a year's time where you're drafting a, a second round pick and going hey you need to start yeah I, if we're staying we'll stick with wide receivers because I'm going to go through a guy that I, I falls out of most of the guardrails right and it really he only falls out of one guardrail and that's the age. And the reason Michael I like Wilson. this guy is what's that? Is that Michael Wilson? No, 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 no. We're stick we're sticking specifically within my uh my wide receivers in this tier, Cedric Tillman. And the reason is, yes, he's old. He's 23. I get it. However, this guy basically started two years at Tennessee. He has a little bit of an ankle thing that it was kind of, you know, bugging him and all this other stuff. I just love this guy's ability to catch the ball. I understand he is not a full, you know, slate of receivers. But if I'm taking like a Drake London, who is limited in his route tree and what he can do, that's the type of guy I see with Cedric Tillman. I think that when you're talking about somebody that can literally be the size that Deshaun Watson needs, I know, you know, there's a lot of talk about that slot receiver and having the quick guys with the yak. Jack, we got him now, right? So that's Elijah Moore's role. So now we have Amari Cooper, we have Donovan Peoples-Jones, we have Elijah Moore. I'll take Cedric Tillman in this spot because I want that six foot four, six foot three, two hundred and twenty pounds. I know he's a fifth year. I get it, but this guy has great hands. He can produce. In twenty twenty one, I think this guy had almost eleven hundred yards receiving and twelve touchdowns. I, I I just like what I see out of Cedric Tillman. So this is a guy. He would be my probably outside of who you mentioned. I do like Mims. I probably would take Tillman over Mims, and I know there's like a two-year difference between them. That's fine. I'll take Tillman. I'm not too worried about the age at this point when I need to win. Yeah, you take him. You don't need to pay Donovan Peoples-Jones. That makes it a really, really easy transition where you're going, hey, next offseason, we've got a spare 10 to 12 million to spend on somewhere else. And that's when people are going, oh, we don't need a wide receiver. Well, suddenly you open up an extra 10 million to spend next year in free agency. Now we're getting... Re- really fun and where oh we can go out and spend five and a half million on sort of David Long at linebacker and you you can really then go and start investing that money and I would much rather have an extra 10 million to spend in other spots than we take a punt on somebody at a Jack Campbell and well Jack Campbell's not opening up any money on the roster to spend in other directions 
Whereas even a Cedric Tillman does do that. Yeah. And I just like the fact that I think to complete what I'm looking for that would have pushed him up higher in this draft is going to be coaching, right? So if all of a sudden I have three receivers, this is the Cowboys equation that we talked about, right? Where you have these Cowboys receivers and it's tough to break into that top three, but now that makes Amari Cooper dispensable, right? So I think getting a guy like Tillman, bringing him in, developing him, and then I'm really looking for him to produce next year, realistically, to your point, but I give him a year to work on some of the things he needs to work on, hence why he's a third-round pick. I just like the upside there. I like his strength. I like his hands. I think from an outside standpoint, he's a guy I would definitely look at. Yep. So next up position-wise as we go along. We're not touching tight ends. Um, yep. I've got no interest in tight end. Um, now, hey. here's a question. Darnell Washington falls to 74. Any interest? No, nah, I'm still good. Okay. You, but he would be incredibly fun. He would be. The other guy, I, I, he's a little bit of a long shot. Maybe at 98, I'm going to talk a lot a little bit. That's a kid from South Dakota State, Tucker Craft. We're going to talk about him at 98. So, all right, tight end, I, I don't do, think. Is, do, do it all. I, throw him in there. We'll put the whole third round together. So uh, don't hesitate on that. All, right, all right, you want to do 98 too then as well? Yeah. I, I, I If we're weighing the options, I think running back 74, 98 is off. Wide receiver likely at 74. I could maybe see a guy at 98 sliding where I can't see Marvin Mims or somebody falling like that, but maybe there's a guy like a, a Tyler Scott or somebody that falls at Jaden Reed. We'll get down to that road, but I think 74 is a sweet spot for there. So we'll go to 98. Tucker Craft. So this is a guy, six foot four, 250 pounds. He's relatively athletic in terms of what he can do. I, I think this would be a good, if you're moving on from Harrison Bryant, if I can get me Tucker Craft at 98, Jack, I'm really in consideration for this. He's a nice player, but I just, I can't get fully on board with the value because it's a cheaper position. Um, but at the same time, hey, in a year's time, you can move on from Njoku and save 10 million of cash. That That's certainly something. And that that's if you cut him, I think if you trade mm-hmm. him, you could probably you can move on from all 13 million. Um, so that's something to keep in mind with this deals because they're not committed to Njoku long-term. Um, they could look at that in a year's time and go, actually, let's get out of this. It hasn't worked out. Um, so, yeah. I, I think that when I look at the tight ends, right, I think the top four, obviously, you got Mayer, Kincaid, Musgrave, and Washington. That's kind of the consensus top four. I think two of those guys, I have a little bit of a side wager on Dalton Kincaid being the first tight end taken just because the value is there. And not Michael Mayer's not everyone's cup of tea. Yeah. Here's the problem, Jack. Mayer's never gotten above like a minus 160. That to me says he's a betting favorite because people love the Notre Dame odds. There's I a team that's going to hop. To what? Uh, it's, um, Is it huge now? 250 or something now. Mayer? Yeah. I uh, see. I like Kincaid still. Age and the, the concern around Kincaid is he just didn't test. Um, and then teams are concerned about injuries and other stuff. It's minus 225. Well, okay. Um, so not bad. But I think Musgrave's another one, early second, Darnell Washington. These are the guys. And now I'm jumping into this tier two, right? I'm jumping into these tier two tight ends. And this is where I see a guy like Tucker Craft. I think this is a guy that can come in, be athletic. He's got to learn to play the position, right? It's South Dakota State. Again, you're talking about Najoku next year. Perfectly logical argument if I'm going to bring a guy in and say, hey, listen, you're going to be tight end three. Because a lot of people forget we have Jordan Akins too. So I've got Najoku, I've got Akins. Let's stick Tucker Craft over here. He's going to learn. He's going to develop. He's got to learn how to route run. He's not exactly like a crazy blocker. I think Dane Brugler was on a show the other day and kind of compared him to a, a Foster Moreau. So if that's what I can get out of my late third compensatory pick, I like what I get out of it. I like the athleticism. I like, you know, the kids. Tena- he, he, I think the word they used to define him was like tenacity. He's a he's a player, man. He can fight. I, I, 98, I'm, I'm looking at him because after him, when we start getting into the Sam Laporta's and Davis Allen, the no, thank you. Yep. I can uh, agree there. So if we start jumping into tackles, it's the next mm-hmm. on the board. Um, Blake Freeland is the guy that comes to mind for me. Um, I think he would just be an intriguing addition. Um do plays well, um, good football. Um, he's sort of the only one. If you're looking at Bergeron, Duncan, Steen, and Freeland, he's the only one that's sort of young. Um, he comes in basically a year younger than everyone else. Um, so I, I think that's one that they could seriously look at, probably for pick 
98 rather than pick 74. But if you've got good vibes about him, you always need tackles. This entire O-line could, all the five starters could be gone in two years' time. Um, Betonio retires, the other two deals they can all get out of in two years, if not sooner. Teller's probably gone next year. So you need to start thinking about the future here. And that needs to start now. You can't put it off another year because you don't want to in a year's time replace Teller. And then you need to be preparing for four new starters a year after that. Mm-hmm. So it, it's time to start thinking about the future. And um, I think Blake Freeland could be part of that. Yeah, I think Freeland's a guy that you're hoping there's a lot of upside. I think you probably can get him a little later, if I'm being honest. I'm looking at it as pick 74 is my tackle spot. I like the sweet spot where if, you know, say an Anton Harrison or Dewan Jones kind of falls at that spot. If we're talking 98, I don't really love any of these guys, right? I guess if you were to, you know, you can't, you're not going to be able to talk me into these guys. If I miss out on those two guys at 74, I'm skipping 98 and I'm looking now into that day three. Is there value in the fourth and the fifth round with, say, a Jalen Duncan or a Braden Daniels from Utah, you know, Blake Freeland? These are the guys I like. I just don't like them in the top 100 picks. I think there's going to be a little bit of a cliff once we hit that second tier of offensive tackle, where once we skip, if we miss it at 74, I think we're moving on to day three. Um, and then guard center, nothing. I don't think they'll touch it in the third round. Uh, no, not at the rate at which they're developing these guys. I don't see. I don't see it happening either. So next into the edge group, um, just <laughs> in the third round, I'd love Thule and Derek to slide. And if either of those two are there, I think they run that card in. Um, I think that's a really, really easy decision for them. After that, Byron Young's 25 and a half, so we can forget that. Andre Carter is old and uh, which Byron Young? Because isn't there's two of them, right? You're so this is Tennessee? the Tennessee one. You're talking okay because there's a Tennessee and an Alabama. The other guy, right? one's the DT. And well, Nick Herbig is two hundred and forty. Nope, um, not pounds, So we can Guys, forget about him. Yeah, they could potentially go Isaiah Maguire because there is people that have Isaiah Maguire pegged for about pick a hundred. Mm-hmm. So that could easily be their second pick. Um, fits age everything um, really well. Um, so they, they could go that route, but I think it's more one of Thule and Derek Hall sliding into pick 74 and they go for it. Or they, they might just wait on edge and try grab Isaiah Maguire with pick sort of 111. And that could be a name that we sat there after day two of the draft. And that's a name you'll hear of lots of Browns fans talking about if he's still on the board for the beginning of day three. Yeah, I think as everybody knows, I'm an edge guy, right? I want guys. I just want the horses. So if I'm talking at pick 74, you know, obviously we talked about Foskey a little bit. Um, I think Thule, I'm not as on board with Thule at 74, but if he's there at 98, now we're having a different conversation. You can shake your head all you want, Jeff, and I'm just telling you, I got sources, baby. Twitter is telling me all the things I need to know about this man. Some people... Here's the question is, is a lot of these edges, right? That middle, I think it's 74. We're talking Felix and DK and Zoma. I like him if he falls. However, he'll go in the first round. (laughs) There is, but there's also talks that they're going to draft that like 45 year old. uh, What's his name from um, Georgia Tech? uh, Keon White, right? All the people were really high in him, but he's like 24. He's already 24. So we're talking Keon White, Will McDonald, who got uh, mocked to the Browns. Guy's too small. I don't want no light in the loafers, guys. I've had enough of them. Here's my thing. So 74, I'm talking Foskey. I'm talking Felix. Now we're going to 98. I got two guys. Your boy Thule and Zach Harrison. Listen, I know, Buckeyes, I'm telling you, you're going to like what you see out of Zach Harrison. This guy, I think it will be 22 or something at the time of the first game. Six foot five. He's athletic. I still think you're going to see a guy that is able to create more production in the NFL scheme I just see a guy that's starting to hit his rhythm. I see a guy at Ohio State that, you know, was playing outside of G, uh, JT, uh, Tulio, whatever his name is. I can't pronounce it, even though I'm a Buckeye fan. I, I just, I think this is the spot if I'm looking at it, if I'm the Browns, where I'm higher on Zach Harrison the most. If I'm falling into that next tier, now we start talking about guys like Dylan Horton. There's a few other guys I like we'll talk about later. But the two guys, I got Foskey. And unfortunately, Lukey Van Beast will be gone. I like Foskey. I like Felix. And at 98, I like Harrison and Thule. So if we then go from there, 
to the big man in the middle. Jump into the defensive tackles. Um, we've got a few names. I'm just going to rule out Ica as 2.76 on his rise score. Oh, Siaki Ika? Yeah. The big boy um, from Baylor? We've got Zach Pickens, who's older. We've got Dexter. And people have got really excited about Dexter because... You're welcome. The ideal yep. age score, ideal RAS score, his PFF pass rush grade is diabolical. It's in the 50s. And they have, they've added two D linemen who are in the 90s. And they've added three more that are all over 75. So this would be a dramatic shift. And for that reason, I just don't consider it realistic. Somebody they could potentially go with and pick 98, though, who does sit in the fourth round, if you're looking at big boards and stuff, is Carl Brooks, just because there is a really, really big pass rush grade there. He would be slightly older. So this is an age jump because he's going to be 23.3, but he is, again, 90s in PFF pass rush grade. Do you know, so, what, do you know what Jervon Dexter's pass rush grade would be if he played in the MAC? It'd be like 163,211, okay? When you're talking SEC football, we're talking my big boy. I mocked him a while back. You all mocked me for my mock, even though my mock was the best mock you've ever seen in mock history. I I get your point, Jack. I'm not going to completely dismiss it. Do you know the city that Jervon Dexter, you got to start connecting dots, right? The, the universe speaks to us. Do you know what city Jervon Dexter is from? I'm going to guess either is somewhere around Cleveland, Ohio. Or no, it's not. Lake Wales. Lake Wales, Florida. Okay. Wales, Owen, England, you. You can make the connections all day long. This is basically going to happen, okay? I think when we're talking 74, I know, I know the pass rush grade. I get it. And I think I, when I went back, when I was doing our mock exercise, the one thing I just noticed about him, he's a little rambunctious. I'm just going to be nice to Jervon. I think there's talent there. The guy's got the agility. You're projecting the traits. I think that when you look at it, this is a guy that can probably move. You're not looking at, he's not going to be a, um, a one tech. He's not going to be, he's going to be a three tech. You maybe move him outside of the four eye, maybe the five. He's going to be a guy you can slide a little bit. The problem I think he has is I don't know how disciplined his approach is, right? I think this is a guy that kind of just wings it a little bit. So if you really can get some good D-line coaching, I think you can harness this guy's ability and get that that penetrator to get it in there to do what you're looking to do to cause some havoc in the backfield. I get that's what they want. That's why if I'm looking at Dexter at 74, I'm okay with it. All the guys that are high on Keanu Benton, I'm like him better at 98, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, What's your take ben, on Maisie Smith? Anything? It's due to go in a sort of higher second. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't you, test, so it's, it's hard for me to You look at some read. of the top 100, you're going to see him falling. He'll range anywhere from 40 to about 55, 56. So I, at 74, I didn't know if maybe he falls, but... Just a guy I'm, I'm not a fan of him. Not because he just went to Michigan. I just, okay. Just don't see it at that high, I should say. If he falls to 74, I'd be interested. Yep. Um, um, Good. Linebackers. Um, people said maybe Trent and Simpson will slide all the way down. Still, if he's there, I'm not doing it. Jack, here's my question. and I, I'm not sure. I haven't followed it as much. What is the thing with the kid from Northwestern? Is he a D tackle? Is he a D end? I'm talking about that Adatomia Adabaware or whatever his name is. The kid from Northwestern. Edge. Some plays, some people list him as an edge, but if I'm not mistaken, in Brugler's Beast, he has him as a tackle. So I wasn't sure. Uh, let me look at his stats. 6'1", 280? That's an edge? I don't know about that. Six one two eighty to me sees, seems fat guy in the middle. I guess it's one that you could almost be a bit of both because you've even got like a Claire's Campbell plays near enough half his snaps at edge mm-hmm. um, that they could bounce between. Um, and I, I tend to lean a lot on PFF when it comes to the positions mm-hmm. because it is so vague with 
different people what they consider a linebacker to what I consider. Well, there's so many fronts too with the defensive line, right? All right, so edge tackle, whatever he is, he's there at 74. You interested? Yeah. I forget his nickname. I forget his nickname, honestly. Yeah, it's certainly someone I'd um have to look at though. The rascal was crazy. Um 22.5. Um yeah, he, he's one I've seen mocked in the first round in the last few days as well. I don't think he's going first round. I think you're probably talking about it. It's going late second. So I, I will say his nickname is Tommy. So if you're looking for a semi, it's Tommy Adibare. That is how you pronounce it is. Aditamiwa Adibare. That is how you say it. But he goes by Tommy Adibare for all those people out there making sure to correct me. So so he, you're interested if he's there at 74, if he does slide a little bit. Yeah, I'd certainly have a good look at that. All right, just pulling it up here, just to make sure. So Brugler says, all right, we're going to try this in real time here. Adi Barre needs to become more consistent in several areas, but he has explosive power in his body with the long arms and natural leverage to be disrupt- disruptive. An outside rusher in college, he projects best inside as a three-tech in the NFL. So another name to add in the list, your boy Siaki uh, Apu see ya ika apu ika nope not happening uh, what else we got out so here? linebacker it, it, trent and simpson would you consider it because we can forget rid of henley and toto 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 <laughs> we're not in kansas anymore toto um sure i i'm not as ill to the linebackers as i would be i think simpson's a guy i like if he falls my guess is he's somebody's going to pick him up in this like that late second. Like I could see the Bears in that little cluster of three picks they have. I think that's where you're, you know, you're maybe talking about the Drew Sanders being beginning of the second. Then you're talking the Simpson Jack Campbell's right there in that sixty to eighty range. Um, I probably would be a little bit more interested at ninety eight. You know, the one guy I'm not interested in is the the Washington State kid. He's like, what, the six-year senior or whatever it is. I'm not interested in him. Um, I think it's Dion Henley is his name. Um, but, yeah, you you could interest me in at 98 with Simpson or Campbell, but I'm not trading up or anything for him. Um, in terms of corners, I'm good. There's some nice corners in there, don't get me wrong, but I'm not interested in drafting one in the third round. I think this is one of those things where if a guy falls, you take advantage of it, but I'm not – I'm not picking a guy best player available, you know, for example, if Forbes, right. Or maybe even Keely Ringo is sitting there at 74. You're like, I mean, geez, I can do something with this. Right. I like Clark Phillips. I just think a slot might be tough. The other guy I know a lot of people like is that uh, Trevon Hodges Tomlinson. He's another guy. I think he's a feisty, these, these two between Phillips and Tomlinson. I think you've got two feisty little guys that like to scrap it up. But Jack, I just feel like there's going to be other guys on the board at 74 and 98 that can come in fast track, the development. They went out and they signed the free agent to kind of play the slot. It wouldn't shock me. I'll say that it wouldn't shock me. It may not be my cup of tea. That's what I'm kind of saying. Now day three, some of these corners day three, I would be interested in. If he slides to sort of that first pick on day three, then I, I think I'd certainly consider it there for him. It, there's a lot of talented guys, and I tell you, corners are just they're just coming up. They just really are. So we'll see. We'll see how we'll see how how these guys go. But yeah, 74, 98, you can convince me on, you know, a Clark Phillips or maybe getting closer to 98 to Tomlinson. So Three guys here that I like at safety. Um, we touched on Antonio Johnson as a potential slider. Um, Jordan Battle. And then this is a guy that I'd say, if we go back to last year, Alex Wright was the guy that was constantly mocked by Browns fans and sort of, hey, over 50% of mocks you see from Browns fans, he was in it. This year, it's Jamie Robinson. who People are high on basically other than you. Um, so keen to hear what you've got to say about that, but it's a really important position for the Browns because Delpit is very likely in his final year with the team. Um, obviously, we could see the injuries like we saw with Tacky Tacky, and if Tacky Tacky was fully healthy, he's probably not back here this year. So it's one that crazy stuff can happen, but everything's trending towards him being gone in a year's time. Um, and good luck to him in free agency. Hopefully, he does really well, gets his comp pick, but. They've paid Thornhill. They can't pay everyone. 
his time is nearer an end than it's nearer the start. Oh, safeties. This is one of those positions where you're just kind of like, I don't know if I love any of these guys, right? And they're all over the board. The one thing you will talk about in terms of rankings, this is like, you'll see some people that are very high on battle, like you said. And I think some people that be like, I'm not really as, as much high on him. Right. And then I think the other name is a Skinner kid out of um, Boise state, right? This is a guy who's kind of your nickel safety. I don't know, Jack. I just, I look at Jamie Robinson. I just don't see it. Right. Or Jamie, I should say, I think it's Jamie Robinson. I just, I just don't see it. I just don't, I don't like the way he plays. There's nothing about, there's nothing about him that just kind of gets me going a little bit. I, I, if we're talking later on, I think I'm talking. I rather, I know he's lower on the RAS score, but a guy like Chris Smith, you know, the kid from Georgia, I like that free safety ability, but I'm not touching him at 74. Um, I think he, this is a guy that has a smaller frame. He's a little bit more of your deep safety, maybe 98, maybe in that kind of early fourth round. If he's there, he's a guy I can look at. Um, I don't love any of these guys. I really don't. I don't know, especially with this the safety coach that they brought on, the kid, the guy from Utah State, Miami. We're gonna find out. This is one of those positions where I look at the guys and I don't love many of them. So if they take a guy, there's a reason they're taking a guy. Does that make sense? Yep. So what I want to do now, let's say no one slides. So our Thule, our um, Derek Hall, Foskey, Antonio Johnson. Just the names that are there in sort of the third round, if we're looking at sort of mock draft databases, big board. Mm-hmm. How about top three? Who's your number one guy out of everyone that's there in the third round that you go, this is who I'd love to see the Browns draft and work your way down? I think my top three, and I have to put them a little bit in order, are going to be Harrison, Tucker Craft, and Cedric Tillman. Those are my top three. So, um, I guess it's for me to find. I would probably put Harrison first, then Tillman, then Kraft. That'd probably be my order. So I'm going to go Marvin Mims is my one. Um, then I'm going to go Jonathan Mingo is my two. Even though I've, I've, I've not really dug as much into Mingo as I have Mims, but smarter people than me have, and they say he's really good. And then I'm going to go Jordan Battle for my number three. And Jordan Mattel does, and he's not special in anything, but he's just solid. And when you're picking in the third round, and this is the difference, if we're picking Jordan Battle in the second round, I wouldn't be so, I wouldn't want him at pick 42. But this is that debate of, think back to when we were picking the tacky tackies, the Jordan Elliott, not Jordan Elliott's, the Jordan Phillips. This is the range we're picking, guys. It's not the, we're going to go out and pick great players. Hey, they got Martin Emerson, which was phenomenal value. And regardless of how much they needed corner last year, this is the kind of, hey, it's harder to hit in these ranges. John Dorsey basically never hit in this range. Um, and people credit him with amazing drafting. So it's one where this is really tough to get anything you're even going to see in year one, regardless of how old someone is. Yeah. And and listen, at the end of the day, the coaching staff, I saw the the joke about when they were t- uh, everybody was talking yesterday about, uh, David Bell's Raz score. And it was like, oh, that must have been the Stefanski pick. So it, it'll it be interesting because I think that there's specific roles that they've got now where we're talking, we're drafting guys for that 40 to 53 kind of spots on the roster. So their hope is that whoever they draft can be that depth, that depth piece to come in. That's why I think a guy like Battle, right? You're not, ex- you're not drafting him because you want him to come in and play opposite of Grant Delpit. You're developing him behind Grant Delpit. So for all the people out there saying we don't need a box safety, well, you kind of do when you're picking in this third round, right? That's the entire point is you're drafting a guy who's realistically going to start on specials and be the segue. We've talked about, you know, how Najoku may be a piece they move off of, or, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones may be a piece they move off of. This is what you got to kind of start thinking because a third round pick, 74, 98, top 100 picks, Give them a year, and we got to start expecting production in that year too. Yeah, I think that's the goal for these first two picks. I think it's less important once you get into the fourth round, but the aim for both of these picks are for them to start in a year's time. Maybe with the exception if they go tackle, 
Um, I could say that's one where I get it, where you're trying to develop a, a two years out because mm -hmm. it just takes longer. Well, that's the James Hudson approach, right? Where yeah. you draft them and you hope that over two years they develop. And, you know, we're not sure how far along in his development is because he kind of seems to be keep getting pushed back around. But, you know, maybe a guy like Freeland they like and, you know, they move on. Or maybe they in the day three, they take a, a Jalen Duncan or, you know, somebody like that, Braden Daniels, who knows? And they say, hey, we're going to bring him in. We're going to develop on that practice squad. But, you know, I'm I'm looking for guys that can fill in in that net. We'll call it second or third. Like we talk about the top chair, you know, wide receiver one, edge one. Let's move down. We're talking now the second and the third tier guys. And that's why when I look at like a Tucker Craft, I see a guy that can probably move from tight end three to tight end two. Tillman, I think, is a guy that can move wide receiver four to wide receiver three. Um, and then even Zach Harrison, I think, is a guy who edge three up to edge two, so to say over time whenever he starts to develop. No, I think it's a really good point. And uh, it's, it's good to chat through the different positions because there is lots of directions they can go. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's it. What we'll probably aim to do is after day two, um, we'll cut back and we'll try and podcast and drop a show for you. Um, it'll be tough um, just depending on timings because mm -hmm. by the time that day finishes and I've got the times here um, – Players are expected to be picked based on last year. Um, bit of analytics here. Um, Googled when the tweets came out of when people were picked last year. So pick 74 was 9.54 Eastern time, and that's 2.54 a.m. UK time. And then pick 98 was 11.10 Eastern and 4.10 a.m. in the UK. So that's just to give you an idea of when these picks are expected. And um, it's going to be a late night, folks. Yeah, for you boys across the pond and even further east, I know we got fans in Australia and Germany and, you know, in the, some of the Asian countries. It, it's kind of wild. Jack, these people stay up. I mean, it's I, shout out to them because, hell, being on central time is ideal for me because all of it happens an hour earlier. You know, it's a beautiful thing. But, yeah, for all of the people on the other continents, man, that is just – that's something to be – that's something to be proud of. But – you know, I think the one position that I think a lot of people may be disappointed in is that defensive tackle position because we were so just bad last year. But, Jack, I mean, they went out with Dalvin Tomlinson, with, you know, Mo Hurst, with Tristan Hill. I mean, they, they've, they're they putting resources at it because ultimately I think they know they're not going to spend, you know, a top 100 pick on a D tackle. As much as I want to say, you know, Jervon Dexter could morph into something, I think there's a 1 in 31 chance that uh, he ends up on a different team, right? The issue is if you draft Dexter, you need him to play roughly 400 snaps in year one. And yeah. that's my big concern because any other position, you can more or less stash a player for a year and they can develop. Mm -hmm. Whereas you, you need him to play meaningful snaps. And 400 snaps is an awful lot. Dalvin Tomlinson is going to play 600 to 650. So he's basically going to play two thirds of what Dalvin Tomlinson plays. And he's going to need to do that as a rookie. That is the challenge. When you've only got really four spots for defensive tackles, a lot of pressure on him. Really? Um, I still think whether it's Al Woods, um, whether it's another guy, Matt Ioannidis, there's names out there. There's uh, Puna Ford, there's Shelby Harris. Um, I yeah, think there's some guys that are waiting out this draft for sure. They, they can easy go out and get a name. So I think they're fully committed to bringing in another veteran even before the Winfrey news. And... I would rather bring in proven guys, even like just sign all of them. Um, I would be happy with that and have a room there that I go, these guys are fine. And that's a direction you can realistically go. If they decide actually we're going to go and you bring in Tillman and you replace um, DPJ. So rather than paying DPJ that 10 million, well, actually let, let's spend 10 million on more into the DT room. And suddenly you've got four proven veterans because if you had a DT rotation, it was Dalvin Tomlinson, Al Woods, Matt Ioannidis, and Puna Ford, for instance, you'd probably need drop one of the, the one-techs for a three-tech. But that kind of deep, deep room, you're going to cause real problems. And that is going to be more dangerous than Ojimo, Cole Brooks, any of these guys that you draft. Give me proven, and I'll happily spend a little bit more to get it. Yeah, I think you're talking there about eliminating kind of the gaps in consistency, right? Instead of having peaks and highs and valleys. And I think to use that point and echo, that's, I think, why a guy like Zach Harrison interests me. 
because I can bring him in as my edge four, right? And say, hey, here's Miles Garrett. Here's Alex Wright. You know, here's Ogbo or Obo. Go learn behind them, right? Because there's really only competition if they take him at 74 is Isaiah Thomas. And realistically, if I take Zach Harrison at 74 and he can't beat out former seventh round pick Isaiah Thomas, all right, well, then that, that's a different, that tells you right then and there. But I have a guy that's coming in youth, 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 right? And I think with Alex Wright being 22, you know, and having Zach Harrison, I think would come in around 22 as well. That's what I'm trying to do is I can save money there at that edge position. So that gives me the ability to do what you're talking about and complement it with that defensive tackle position. Yeah. And it's just keep bringing in bodies, talent, um, and really elevate them. Push these guys off the roster because there's going to be legit guys that are going to land on 53-man rosters on other teams that the Browns are going to wave, cut, and stuff at the end of training camp. And that is great news because that's where you want to be. You want to have too many good players to make a 53 and then happily someone else can have them. Um, whether it's a Demetric Felton, whether it's somebody else, these guys are worthy of being on teams, just not good enough to make the Browns 53. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. You know, and like you said, we'll try to, we'll try to get back, you know, going into day three. If there's anything earth shattering or big trades, I guess we can, we can jump on, um, but we'll reconvene, you know, maybe tomorrow night and just see, what we have, what, after that second, third round kind of comes to an end, we'll kind of see what's left, see if there's any guys, you know, the Browns obviously, you know, have a majority of their picks, so to say on day three. So this is, you know, an opportunity for them to be able to go out and say, Hey, let's, let's see if there's any value. You know, we've talked about some of these guys falling in terms like that, but we'll see day three, a lot of teams win, win Super Bowls and win drafts in day three. So that's where it's going to be done. Yeah. Enjoy it. If you're looking for somewhere to watch the NFL draft, OBR, um, YouTube, Twitch, I'll be on throughout all 259 picks. I'm going to be going live. Let's have some fun. You have madness, madness in the making. So yeah, I, I think 74 and 98 are interesting, but I think the you know, that the 111, the 126, then we have like 140, I forget some of the other ones. Like we have two picks, like 140, 140. I can't remember all those ones back there, but those would be the ones I'll be really curious to see. That's where I think the, the Duffin draft board comes comes in quite handy because when we're getting down in there, a lot of names and a lot of people don't, we don't know who they are. So on that note, enjoy the first round of the NFL draft. It should be starting here in, you know, about we got about eight hours or so. So at this point there, sit back, relax, enjoy the first round. See where Jackson Smith and Jigba ends up. See where Jordan Addison ends up. You know, who knows? Maybe maybe we have two running backs taken. Maybe Jameer Gibbs or B. John Robinson. You know, both of them go in the first round. We'll find out. On that note, enjoy the first round of quietness, the second round of quietness, and in the third round, go Browns. Go Browns. <laughs>